All right, everybody, welcome to another Squad Pod. I'm your host, Troy Dog, and um, yeah, I still don't have an intro, which is a total bummer because last week I completely just reached out to all of you out there and said, hey, if you want to be famous, make me an intro. And no one sent me an intro. And I'm, pr- I'm probably guessing that you're at home actively in your studio just making this up right now. So, you know, it takes time to make these things. So we'll give you another week to work on it. But I need these submissions, man. I need an intro so bad. Like this show needs an intro because right now this is all I'm working with is me talking. So, yeah, welcome to the squad pod. Yeah, that's me. That's me on the intro. And it's horrible. And you need to make me one. So submit the intro to Troy at Vermoto.com. I'm counting on you to make this happen. All right. This week, uh, I have a couple of team managers, team owners. One even calls himself a janitor. Um, you know, it was it was cool to have this, this long of a, a break between outdoor rounds, but it also wasn't. But it was also was because I was able to talk to some team managers. They had some time to kill. So that was cool. Um, I have Team Partzilla's PRMX's Julian Perrier. And then I also have my buddy over at HEP Motorsports and uh, Pipes Motorsports Group for World Supercross, Dustin Pipes on. So uh, Pipes and I have known each other for a long time. So it was nice of him to join me. He doesn't really like to do podcasts, but he knows he has to do them because of the position he's in. So we go down memory lane a little bit. Uh, Julian, I've never talked to. So we've been kind of DMing back and forth the past couple months um, since Supercross ended. And we finally made it happen. He was able to come on and I asked him a ton of questions about his team and why he does what he does. Uh, Very cool for them to give me their time. I appreciated it. All right, before we get to the Guts Racing Power Rankings, I'm going to touch on Unadilla. I think the Loretta's uh, deal is over for me. I, I mean, Casey Cochran's going to turn pro, and he's going to win everything. So that's my analysis of Loretta's. Um, Liam Olaf was incredible, and obviously Dax and Benick were top three guys that I watched during the week. But uh, moved ahead to Unadilla. Uh, Unadilla holds a lot of memories for me. I've been to Unadilla a few times, uh, covering as a media guy, and then most of the time just my dad would just take me up. There was a couple years there where we just went up, and, and how it started is actually kind of funny. Um, he had terrible, like all grown up, my dad had horrible shoulders from, from racing, and uh, he got one fixed in 07, and he had to keep his arm up in the air. I, I should probably know what the surgery was, but he had to keep this brace on. So it was like a, a throttle he would be holding with this brace, his arm up in the air. So he had to wear that for months in recovery from his uh, surgery. So one day he comes to me and goes, hey, you want to go to Unadilla? And I was like, really? Because... Like, my dad would only take me to Kenworthy's. I'd do, like, one race a year, maybe. We'd go to Indy Supercross. And we had already been to Redbud that summer, so I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm, I want to go to Unadilla. And he's like, all right, cool. That was on, like, the Wednesday before. And uh, my grandpa just passed away and had left, left my dad 
1987 New Yorker, a Buick New Yorker. It had the comfiest seats ever. Um, and for some reason, my dad was like, let's drive this thing, you know, save gas. You know, I got this really cool Chevy Tahoe that we could take, but man, it's a gas guzzler and I just want to save some money. I'm like, all right, dad, no problem. We'll head up in a New Yorker. I want to go see races. Like, let's go to Unadilla. Like, I'll do whatever it takes. Like, I'll walk there if we need to. Um, so we, we, we packed the New Yorker up and we leave the f- Friday before. I don't remember what time. It's probably mid-afternoon by the time my dad got going. And we drove straight through. Uh, I remember having his elbow and arm in my face the entire way because he couldn't help himself. He had to drive one-handed. And then we, we had no spot to stay. So we literally pulled up around 10 o'clock that night um, at a campground somewhere. And they said we couldn't stay there, but there was a place down the street we could. And so we, we ended up staying in the New Yorker. Yeah. Uh, I stayed the night in New Yorker. I remember being at the campground. We went down and walked to the pond and just talked about life and, and how much fun we were going to have and talked about racing and just a good memory I have with my dad, you know, it's just kind of a, out on a whim. We were just, you know, we could do it. So we just went up and we had the best day. Uh, that year was, we went to the pits. That year was the year that Stu went out with an injury there again. So the championship was wide open and, uh, Kevin Wyndham won the overall. I'll never forget that because my dad loves Wyndham. So he was losing his mind. And, uh, yeah, he just, we just had a good time. And, uh, we went back in 08. I th- think we went no nine. Yeah, we did. Went no nine. And this is kind of, uh, I would know, ne- like, I've never told this before, but 09, that was when, uh, Verb Crew was doing the, uh, Racer X motocross shows. I see Wes going through the pits. And I'm like, I'm going to introduce myself, man. I'm going to do it. And then I didn't. He walked too fast. And then uh, a few months later, I'd meet him and join the crew. Weird how it works out. But yeah, I was ready in, in August to get started on this verb thing. And look where it's where it's got me now. My own podcast, baby. Let's go. So yeah. And then, oh, 2011. No, 2010. See, I, I'm so old. I don't even know. Yeah, 2010. I had just met Ginger Dog. I wanted to get her on the pod to talk about it. Because uh, it's pretty funny. She tells it great. And uh, I, I don't know. She just has a way with storytelling. But she didn't want to come on. So everybody forward your hate mail to her DMs. Uh, and just yell at her for not telling the story. But uh, we went up. My mom and dad drove. Well, my dad drove. My mom was just there. And uh, we had Ryan Swanberg. Because that year, Swanee and I. A lot of people don't know this. We drove to around six of the nationals that year together. We just kind of put our money together and said, hey, like, let's make this thing work. We're both in with Ferb. Let's get some media passes and make cool stuff happen. So me and Swanee spent a lot of hours driving the pavement. And um, now it's just so cool to see how far he's taken his photography because, you know, he he's always been top notch. And... Uh, Man, it's, I'm so proud of him these days. But anyway, 
he loads up with my family who he doesn't even know. He loves my dad. Like to this day, he still loves my dad. They see each other at the races. They broke down that weekend. It was hilarious. He just decided to, we were all cramped in the Chevy Tahoe, of course. We didn't drive the New Yorker that year. Thank God. And uh, I just met Ginger Dog and she was like, I don't know anything about dirt bikes. So like, let's just go. And I was like, it's all right. I'm not going to be with you because I have a media pass and you're just be with my mom and dad if that's cool. And she's like, yeah, no problem. So the five of us drove up to New York again and Ginger Dog got a very bad case of sun poisoning. And it was a great day. Great time. Yeah, just weird memories through the years. Just Unadilla holds a special place in my heart. I will not be going this year, but man, I wish I was because that farm and that when you drive up to it, there's nothing around. And I love that. It's just nostalgia for me, for being a kid and a teenager, I guess. But yeah, good memories of my family, my dad. I'll never forget. All right, Guts Racing Power Rankings. Let's go. For 33 years, Guts Racing has prided themselves on being the innovators in seat technology. If you're looking for a comfortable and stylish place to park your rear end on your dirt bike, then look no further. Guts carries an extensive product line of seat covers and foam no matter what you ride. Use the promo code VERB20 at checkout to save on your order. That's my special announcing voice, so if you really want to hire me for anything, you know, announcing-wise, I got that down too. Live events, I'm, I'm your guy. So, thanks to people at Guts Racing for all the help. They've, uh, I think they're going to be on board for the rest of the year, which is awesome. I love that. Love Andy and the people at Guts. Awesome people. So, verb 20 at checkout, buy everything. That's my saying. Buy everything. Guts Racing Power Rankings this week. I, uh, I put Austin Fortner at number one because, to be honest, I didn't give him any credit. I didn't talk about him at all after his Washougal ride. The dude's back was tore up, and he just got back on it and, and fought through the pack. And then I saw an Instagram uh, video of him the other day uh, with his, his girlfriend taping him up. Girlfriend? Wife? Are they married yet? I don't know. Can't keep track of all this. Well, she was taping it up and cleaning it, and man... That does not look fun. His burns from, from, I guess, hitting the ground and, oh. So the fact that he got back on the bike after the year he's had, like, there's no quit in Austin Fortner. And the way he keeps coming back after all these injuries, and he's he's still fast. Like, I don't understand it. Like, I'd be done. I'd be like, you know what? This isn't really worth it. But Fortner, man, keeps going. Respect Austin Fortner. Number two, Julian Perrier. I have big respect for this man. You'll hear his interview next, but the fact that this man chased his dream and created an operation that he has and he makes, he can survive off that. Like it's his living. Like that's, this is his dream and and he can run the team how he wants to. And it's just a cool story. And I have him ranked at number two because we've been planning this conversation for months and I really appreciate him wanting to come on and tell the story. So he's a great guy. Thanks for coming on, Julian, and telling your story. And enjoy his interview next. But first, number three, Dustin Pipes. Yeah, I, I've i known Pipes for 13 years now. Uh, I kind of go back 
when you listen to the interview, we kind of go back in time a little bit and talk about, you know, meeting each other a little bit. Pipes doesn't really make a big deal out of anything, so it's just how he is, and I love him for that. But to me, as a kid from Ohio and watching dirt bike races growing up and just wanting to be a part of it in any way possible, uh, going to the races was so fun for me. And so going to the races and meeting people was even better. Like, I'm like, oh, these are people that I've heard about and seen. But then you start to go and you meet other people you've never heard of. And then, like, you just become friends with people, like, all over the sport. And it's really cool. Well, Pipes is one of those guys that just kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't know who he was. I show up to Texas that year, 2010. I meet Tyler Behrman. He's like, you know kind of hanging out with our crew the verb at the verb rv and whatnot and so bearman was hanging out with pipes and we all just ended up i don't know just throwing down it's an amateur national you don't there's nothing to do back then you're, you weren't on your phones all the time you didn't have service anyway so we just all hung out i mean we went over to jesse nelson's to do the traxxas cars and anthony rodriguez is over there yelling at people in a different language and it's like Hey, A-Rod, calm down, dude. We're just trying to rip some Traxxas cars, but he was serious about it. Just just little things like that. You know, you're at the track. It's a good time. Pipe saved my life that week. He doesn't like to talk about it too much. He doesn't think much of it, but I was one hour away from whittling away and just burying myself in the field because I was that hungry. And, uh, yeah. So thanks to Dustin Pipes. Oh, also at Unadilla that year, 2010, he made his pro day, Pipes made his pro debut and I was there and I, f- I filmed a little interview with him. So that was, that was something fun too. We go way back. Number four, Unadilla. I just went and told my stories about Unadilla. So if you want to hear it again, just go back the last two minutes and let's do it again. That's my reasoning for Unadilla being number four. And number five. Bam, bam. Bars is back this weekend at his home race. And I think he's going to be really good. Because why would you come back? You're Justin Barsha and not be good. He's going to leave off. He's going to pick up where he left off. And it's going to see, going to be good to see him back on the bike. All right. That's power rankings for this week. Up first, we got Julian Perrier. Team Partzilla PRMX's janitor and enjoy it all right on the phone i have team partzilla prmx's team janitor julian perrier how are you sir i'm doing pretty well yourself i'm doing all right i'm I'm catching up with you we've been talking about this for months and and now we're getting to it so i'm excited yeah same here it's gonna be uh nice to uh get some new audience from Verb. I've been a Verb fan for a long, long time. Been doing to, you know, the Verb Classics, the 207 in the main. Been there for a long time. Nice. I love to hear that because you've been around a long time in the sport and, you know, we were around we 07. So I believe that time is when you started making your team uh, the vision real, right? Kind of in that era? Uh, 2010 is where I really started and 
started. You can't even say starting at that point. It was just freaking thinking and doing stupid stuff and trying to gather ideas and whatever. It's just, it was a shit show. So it was cool though. Yeah, I think the first time I, I really like noticed when you were in the pits was you were supporting Sean Rife. What was that uh, twenty thirteen or so? Maybe I'm going back a little ways, but um, yeah, it was was it like an Albany Arena Cross or something like that? I remember Supercross. It, it was uh, of a little bit there. Oh um, no, no, it was. Uh, I think it was Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Arena Cross. So you only did arena cross with him? Oh, whatever. Okay. But we did, we did try a bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you guys. I mean, the. Okay, so you've been in a team for almost fifteen years now. Um, you've you've said your story on other podcasts and things like that. So, um, but just just kind of go into a little bit of like your background. Um, I guess what you did for a living when you started the team and why you actually wanted to start a team? Uh, back, background, um, I actually was in the car industry for roughly like 15 years, I would say. Like just, you know, from selling, managing, buying, wholesaling, whatever you, you want to do with cars and did, uh, did for pretty well in that when I when I had the experience, I worked for, for IHEN dealerships and stuff around here in, in the Montreal area. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I, I, I was going to the races every weekend, planning all my, my racing every night after work, after my 60 hour a week. We, me and a, a good friend of mine would just pack up and, uh, go to the races on Friday and do our weekend and come back on Monday. Like I said, at that time, it was nothing super hot like a team, but it was, it, it gave me the experience that I have today to understand where I come from. And when people tell, ask me, is it easy to start a team and then this and that? So, uh, short story, that's about the background. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've worked for probably 10 years full time plus doing the team. And after that, I've worked. Uh, maybe like a little bit of part-time when I went to Europe and, and do classes for, for car selling. And uh, after that, the pandemic uh, hit, and then I couldn't travel as much, so I went full uh, full blast into uh, the racing. So now you don't have, you just kind of do that full-time now, and you, you can support yourself just doing the team? Yeah, not, right now it's been, um, since I, I've hooked up with the Partzilla, uh, gang and, and, and whatnot. I've, we've made it to a point where we need to push the, the, the Partilla brand as much as we can. And I don't have time to do anything else, to be honest. Like, I've been home maybe 20 days in the year. So I, I move a lot around and we try to do best as we can to promote sponsors and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been going good. It has been. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, this is, you you've seen it all come to uh, like this is your dream. You're just living it now, and you can obviously the grind never stops. You don't sleep probably, but you're you're finally here. You're full time with the team, and that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, no, exactly. That was a 
an idea I had like long time ago and of course people will doubt and still to to today people will still doubt that I'm a legit race team and stuff like that but uh, yeah it's uh, it's been a long time coming and right now I really right now our focus is just to be better in every little aspect that we can uh, the fact you just said that people doubt that you're a legit race team that just blew my mind a little bit because um, if, if anything, you deserve to be there more than anybody. Because I mean, look at your setup this year in Supercross. You had six riders. Um, you have a semi. Like you're just you're all in, and that's that's a lot of for you to manage. Like honestly, that six riders is a, a lot, and plus team personnel. So, um, how do you manage that? How do I manage that? I I just I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> uh, I'm a fairly easygoing person. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fairly easygoing person most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I can get pretty pretty upset into some stuff, and I'm not always nice. But uh, most of the time, I just roll with the punches and deal with the situation when it's in front of me. If I would start to overthink everything and trying to be, you know, like perfectly everything to be perfect all the time life is not perfect it's mm-hmm. never it, it will rarely go the way you planned it so i'm just i i don't know i guess i have that that capa- capability to just uh solve issues when we have some right so and six riders is, is a lot uh we may go a little bit less in 24 um but uh yeah i mean it, it was a good year we had I don't know. Like to answer your question, I, I I don't have a trick how I do it. I just I just deal with it when I deal with it. Yeah, yeah. I guess you kind of. I mean, you're all in. So pretty you, boring answer. No, no, it's not. It's just um, <laughs> usually. I mean, I've heard stories from you know other team managers who've jumped in, jumped out, and they just it's a lot on your plate, and you own and you manage. Um, like you're ordering parts, I'm sure, and you're just doing everything to make this team run. Um, so yeah, that's just a lot on someone's plate. So I, I guess there's really no secret to you. you just kind of have yeah. to jump in and do it. Yeah, it, it is a lot, but I don't think I could do it any other way, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, this is your baby. You know, you have to. It, it's ever, it. it's everything. Yeah, it's it's everything I got. Uh, other than my my family and, and wife and kid and and stuff, but right for for my my business, it's everything I got. Like I put everything I could into it, and so my 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 girlfriend and and people around me put some stuff into it and helped and like it, we've we've put everything into doing this race team. So it's uh, yeah, it, it would be really hard for me to to let some areas that I like doing go like ordering the parts talking to sponsors and interacting with riders you know all that stuff is cool and then after that R&Ding and no it's uh it, it's a lot of work but it's it's pretty fun it, yeah you you're all in all the time too you, you can't just shut it off and go have fun you got, you always got to have your phone on you and just in case you know something happens or whatnot you have to handle it as it comes so you know what when you have um, 
you know, a team like this, how do you, how do you gauge how many uh, team personnel you need and um, just how many people are uh, like, you know, mechanics and how many people do you employ on the team? Uh, that changes every year um, with budget, you know, growing and, and whatnot. The staff is slowly growing as well. Uh, our goal is always to have uh, a mechanic per rider and not, it doesn't always work because, uh, you know, there's just some turnarounds and, and personnel and stuff. Um, I la- like last year we had uh, Craig Aries, a team trainer, and he would follow us every weekend. I would bring him to all the rounds. He would spend all this week at SOBMX. He was living there with us. That was pretty cool to have. Uh, had David uh, from uh, DSpec. He was. Uh, he still is our our motor guy, like to assemble and everything. And he was uh, Yoder's mechanic and Nopsky's mechanic, so we would do split <laughs> on each coast. So oh. that was a lot of work for him. And uh, yeah, I have my my engine uh, builder, which is uh, Jesse Williams from Williams Motorsport, was always you know helping us out and. Tim from TCD or suspension, uh, truck drivers, um, yeah, plus all the family members that come and help. So, like, the em- empl- I don't know how many I employ full time, but in the peak, it's probably like close to ten. Okay, yeah, it's a core group of guys just going after it. Um, so, w- yeah, the SOB thing um, with the team staying there was that. Just this year, how how long has you have you been based out of SOB? I couldn't find that. Uh, it's gonna be our uh, our third Supercross season this year. Okay. That we're gonna be based uh, there. Uh, Ryan has been really good to us. To from the tracks to the the, the side the, the properties, the little little apartments that we cleaned up and modified for for the riders uh, we have our own little shop there like we have everything we need there we even have a it lets me use a dyno like it's it's pretty cool to be there yeah it's a it's a great idea too um just you know just talking to a few guys on the team they just you know they're right there everything that they need and they're just away from the world and they're able to just concentrate on everything they need to do so uh, that's a, a good spot to be based out of so was that your idea to do that? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I always wanted that, but actually, uh, Devin uh, Simonson, who wrote for us last year mm-hmm. and and the two years prior to that, uh, introduced me with, with Ryan, and Ryan just been helping us since. I mean, it's it became like a place where it's like a second home for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, just talking to a few guys, they, they love being there. So, and, you know, with with your team just based out of there, it probably makes things easy because everyone's all in one spot. Yeah, actually, I was talking to uh, to a rider yesterday who was asking why, you know, I, I, I based myself in one spot and this and that. I mean, for me, it's to offer the best rider service I can. Uh, there's very little downtime for for a rider when when he lives with us on the facility like if he has an issue with an engine or something breaks where we 90 percent of the time have everything to fix and get back going the next day or even not the same day 
So if I have a guy in California, one in Florida, and I'm based in South Carolina, well, you know, in the dirt bike industry, something happens, you have to ship or you don't have the right part and this is back ordered and, and, and yada, yada. And it's like there we, we optimize our training, we optimize the time on the track. So if something blows up or whatever, then we can fix ourselves really quick and the guy just opts on a different bike or anything, anything we'll do to, to get them back on the track. That's great, yeah. So, yeah, with Partzilla um, as your title sponsor now, that that has to be like one of the best sponsors you can get because it's just I just feel like there's so many opportunities for you to just you know it's it's parts and and just that relationship is is awesome. So, kind of talk about um, your partnership with them and uh, how it works for you guys. Yeah, Parkville has been the game changer for us in every aspect, right? They have all the parts that we need to get for our bikes in the, in the OEM department and even aftermarket. After that, you know, it's it's for us to show that Partzilla is a main player and lots of stuff is coming for 24 and that you'll see that they'll, they'll step even bigger in, in the team and off the team too. Uh, it's, it's a great... Uh, relationship that that we developed, and uh, I can I can hope for for a long future for us because it makes sense for for them to be in in the industry that we are, and it's perfect for us to advertise for them because you know any guy that rides a dirt bike can go on parts and buy parts. So or side by side or UTV or even watercraft, and they, they do it all. So uh, it's 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 been. And it still has, we had a meeting yesterday, it's just growing every year. And I think together we, we still want to grow and, and be better and hopefully land some real like factory style OEM support through an OEM that, that they carry. Yeah, that was kind of kind of my next bit of question here is like, you know, one of the things that stood out to me with your program is that you're able to, to grow every year. Um, every year there's something new added now you have you know Partzilla as a big sponsor to you guys um you know i'm sure you think about this constantly but you know other than an OEM presence and um you know coming in and supporting you guys uh you know where do you see yourself in 5 years if you you know your 5 year plan like what what would you be happy with looking in the future of the program uh in in 5 years i think if the growth continues gradually like it's been, because I've never wanted to do too big of a step per year. I just, you know, every year I'll change some few things, get better and whatnot. Within the next five years, I want to have a factory team. That's been the ultimate goal from the beginning? Uh, not really. Like, I... I you know, you can always hope and dream about it, but now it's getting to a point where I can, yes, yeah, still hope and dream, but I'm like, huh, you know, for all the years and still last year and the year before, and yet people will say, you know, done things where I, oh, it's not going to work, it's not going to make it, and this and that. It's just put put fire into me to, to continue being better and whatnot. And if I'm not a full factory team, then I'll be a somewhat satellite team that's supported with private sponsors that would be great as well which is close to what we are right now but we're just missing a real oem backing 
what's cool to me is now, you know, these days you have Triumph coming in and Beta and, I've, you know, there's probably some other brands coming, but uh, there's more brands now than ever in the history of the sport. So that's probably a good, um, just kind of good vibes heading your way because now you can say like, hey, there's so many manufacturers coming in the sport, they can jump in the program if they want. So that probably looks good for you. Yeah, it is a, a more opening, right? More opening, the better. Yeah. Yeah, so for next year, you're kind of set. You said you're going to possibly not have six, but I know Cade's coming back and then um, possibly some other riders as well. Um, do you have anything set in stone yet for next year that you can share? Um, we're doing 17 rounds of Supercross. <laughs> Perfect. You know, that's, that's the set goal. Yeah. Um, Cade's a part of the program. Uh, I, I'm going to work in the next week or so. I would like to have under back and I'm going to talk to other guys. You know, uh, we're, me and Josiah Noski, we're, we've talked about him, you know, maybe doing just outdoors. So he might not be doing supercross or, you know, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be finalized, mm -hmm. but there, there's going to be some movement and, and what, in that area so uh, set in stone is we're going to race that's that's what's for sure and you know I would like to have the guys that I want to have and and continue growing with with them and you know kid like Yoder was was awesome to have he had a really rough season before and then he jumped in with us and we he works his ass off I work my ass off the trainer works his, like everyone David, the mechanic, we all worked really hard, and it showed. And Hunter was great in the, in the racing, and so and and even like other guys too, like Devin. We put Devin on 450. He was a bit heavier than the year before, and he did great. And Chase did good. And like, not to say that I'm gonna resign all these guys, but you know, I I'm I'm grateful to to be part of their their career and helping them out and. Hopefully they feel the same <laughs> to, with us and and be able to showcase their their potential too. So um, yeah, it's uh, we'll have more to come. But I'm in I'm in kind of unthink season right now. See see what's available and who wants to be on the team as well, right? Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people that inquire, but we're we're trying to be top ten two fifty guys is is where where I want to be. Yeah, and th this year, yeah, you're right. Yoder did, he was able to, uh, you know, put all the pieces together and just really stand out where, you know, I'm close to the Yoder camp. Um, he just, you know, we did an interview a year ago and he didn't know if he wanted to ride anymore. And I think you were able to really um, point him in the right direction and show him that he can do it. And you gave him a really nice platform to show his skill again. So like that, that, that right there is just a cool story in itself. Yeah, we believed in, and I still believe in the kid. Crazy, really good talent. He's just, he's just a workhorse, and whatever you throw at him, he's gonna do. Uh, if we need to stay till five to test different things, and he'll just be out there eating it. So, he's a fun kid. Hopefully, we we get to work together soon and and get back to it. And if not in the future, definitely. Uh, enjoyed working with with him and his family school and 
we have a good relationship with everyone. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And that, that's, that's cool right there. I bet like when you sign riders, what do you, what do you look for in, you know, their abilities and talents? Like what really makes a rider stand out to you when you're looking for someone to hire? Uh, for some reason, I like a little bit of the uh, underdog status. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a guy like like Yoder again. Not that I want to spend the <laughs> the pod talking about Hunter, but Hunter had two mains, and the Geico ride fell apart and wasn't sure, and this and that. That that's a good story for us when it succeeds, right? So mm-hmm. those situations where the guys are they need the help and they need to to get back on track and that that's awesome that's i i don't especially just look for that but if something like that i see that could be done uh it's definitely cool because i i like to help people that you know need need the help and then uh we looked at results of course like anyone does right and uh um a little bit of the background check if uh, if they've been hard to deal with if they had any issues in the past and bad stories because we don't want any any rotten apple in the basket for for especially like a group like Partzilla where we're not corporate corporate but corporate at the same time so we need a good presence in the pits as well we need guys to, to be out you know outgoing with the fans and taking pictures and, and whatnot and of course, nowadays, uh, one of the main thing is the social media aspect of it. Are they good on it? Can they, they be genuine or just a robot just posting pictures? Or We look at all of that. Man, that's just a full-time job right there. Just trying to figure out who's, who's coming on the team next year. That, the social media aspect is something different. I've, that It's been kind of interesting to watch through the years just to see who's whose accounts grow and whose who's don't. And that's such a huge aspect now. And, and I've heard of teams like submitting, you know, data reports now every month for, for engagement. So, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, we have to do it too. You do it too? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, we have to do that. You know, it's like who who has a good presence on and off the track. You, you, you know as well as I do, if you finish – I don't know, it's a 14th, right? Mm-hmm. Great result. It's 14 top top rider in the, in the Supercross world and stuff. Uh, but the guy that finishes 16th or 17th or just makes mains, but his social media is booming and people want to interview and he's going on podcasts and just being outgoing and always taking pictures with the fans and sending stuff to to you as, as a sponsor and, and making sure he, he keeps relevant and interact. It's a full-time job for them as well. Well, the guy that's 16th place will get much higher sponsorship than the guy that finished 14th and just doesn't just fuck all for the for the fans. Excuse my yeah. language, but no, it's, right. it's reality. Yeah. No, it's real. Yeah, it, and you have, to, you have to really pay attention to all that stuff now because, you know, social media is, is ruthless and, you know, one bad thing happens and you know, everyone eats them up in the comments and it's just turns into a mess quick. So it's just something that, that's added to the sport. Oh now. yeah. We know that <laughs> you've, you've seen it this year. Even yeah. we, 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 it's crazy. We, we know all about the social media madness. So, yeah. 
Yeah, it's a shame that it's there, but it's also a blessing it's there too. So, you know, good and bad. Um, yeah. With, with a week like Loretta's right now, um, do you keep an eye on, uh, you know, the riders there and look for a standout guy that you might want to hire? Or what do you do during Loretta's week? Uh, actually, I just went to race here in Canada at Deschambault, and now I, I've watched a little bit of Loretta's, um, not really to scout or anything. Mm-hmm. I just take a look at the kids that I know the families, like Noah Viney, which me and Holf are good friends, and I, I helped his older son back in the days, and we're just, you know, every time we see each other, it's fun. We talk, and, you know, we, we create moto content, right? I just look at guys like that, like Noah, and and uh, all the SOB kids, uh, I want to see if they do good. And But I'm not, like, out there, like, looking. I need a prospect and this and that. Because most of these kids, always, uh, they already have a path going with Team Green or Orange Brigade or whatever it is. You have, like, a kid like Bennett that just raised some pro nationals. And when you know that kid's not available. And mm-hmm. then, you know, like, the, the top dogs are, are already fed, right? So, right. Yeah, I wasn't sure how that works because, you know, sometimes you see, you know, other other teams like kind of jump in and support an amateur guy or whatnot. But it, it seems like um, you got dialed in with just the pro ranks and just kind of you got enough prospects there to to keep your uh, team full. So it's kind of different how each team has their own little different uh, niche, I guess. Um. Uh, yeah, we always, I, I still have an amateur, which is a pro in Canada, which is Dylan Rempel. He races for us up here and he's going to do futures. Uh, I always have one guy, like, especially from, from being from Canada, I always try to see it for a Canadian kid to kind of come up the ranks and hopefully bring them to the highest stage in, in the U.S., Supercross and whatnot. But yeah, it's, uh, there's so many good guys out there that need help. Like, I could have a 12-guy team tomorrow, and it would be great, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you guys, you know, you do you do Supercross, and you go up and uh, do the Canadian Nationals, of course. And I'm sure you guys are a really well-known team up there now and, and being on the podium and just um, doing a great job up there. But, you know, have you ever just talked about coming to America full-time in the future? Uh, it's a question that I get asked a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, till I don't get a big chunk of our support coming from an OEM that really wants us to do U.S. Uh, nationals, I'm probably just going to continue doing what I do because it works. Yeah. And it's it's laid back. I don't know if you ever ever came to a Canadian national, which you should. Uh, it's it's so different. The vibe is like we're in each other's stands. Like, I got the Cowie guys coming under my tent, or I go under the, the KTM tents. We're, we're just, it's just, I don't know, it's it's easy going. The guys, they fight hard on the track, but on, off the track, there's not really, not, not much drama. And it's eight rounds. We start out west, we finish out east. It, it makes sense, right? I'd, I'd much rather fight for wins and podium pretty much every weekend up here than to finish 11th in the U.S. right now where I don't know if I would get any any recognition at all. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's that's in my mind. No, it doesn't. And that makes sense now with, with um, why you're on Kawasaki, you know, because 
it seems like you have a really good relationship with them up in Canada and you kind of brought it here. So, um, yeah, it just kind of makes sense. I was going to ask like, why do you choose Cowie? But I just put it all together just there. So, um, you kind of, yeah, not, not to, to, to contradict what you're saying, but I, I don't have a bad relationship with Cowie in Canada, but I have zero help from them. Just, just to be totally honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you want, I can answer the question why I'm still with Kawasaki. Um, it's because I asked to be with Partzilla because I have so much. Like the, the 450 is the same since 2019, right? As of now, it's changing. But in the 250 is really similar. So we have a lot of parts. We have a lot of like, R&D. We have some knowledge. We have a lot of stuff. And that's why I kept staying with Kawasaki. And I will be with Kawi next year if... And the OEM comes in and wants to support, then I'll switch. But if not, I'll just continue doing what I know, kind of. So. Yeah. No. That. that okay. Yeah. And I. I didn't mean to jump to a conclusion there, but the way you just described it was uh, seemed like they they come over and and help you out a little bit. But I I do notice that. Um, oh yeah, and that in that sense, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. But I do, I do want to. I'm I'm curious. How many bikes did you have to personally buy this year for all these guys uh it's it's me and the parts of the group we buy around 20 bikes a year 20 bikes that's insane okay yeah that's all that's a lot and roughly i think i have four or five 450 motors and Six two fifty motors that you know we rotate, and at some point, you know, we put them in the parts bin. So yeah, yeah, you just kind of yeah. That's I don't even know what to say to that. Like that's twenty bikes. Like I don't know, like just one bike for me. Obviously, I'm not a team, but dude, that's a lot of that's a lot of moving parts. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It is. It no. is a lot. It's. Uh, nothing's easy in this world right so this is not easy either and at some point it would be great to have like i said an oem just backing us up with with bikes and parts but for now we're still we're still living and we're doing what we love that's the best answer right there and it's cool i love stories like this because you've you've chased your dream and you made it a reality and now like like this year you guys really stood out in supercross with all your guys i mean you guys were everywhere no matter where you looked, it was it was uh, PRMX. It was, uh, you know, Kate obviously is one of the top of privateers always, but um, just just good job actually, like just being in the mix and and uh, I'm sure accomplishing a lot of your goals. So that's a cool story. Yeah, no, we're. I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm just getting started where where stuff actually works a little bit more the way I want to so it's encouraging to just try to push more and continue and yeah it's like it's, it's, it's a blessing to do to do something that I really think it's cool and it's and, and we love to do and uh, yeah we, we could be working a regular job or I could just go back selling like cars or trucks or something but now it's uh it's pretty awesome to to, to, to go racing pretty much all, every weekend and bring my family with me and now it's uh yeah it's cool <laughs> yeah next time i'm at supercross i'm definitely coming over to the pit and, and checking it out i feel like it's just like a big old 
just a family just just trying to get through the race the best possible and just helping everybody out and just it's probably a really good vibe underneath the tent i'm gonna check it out the next time i'm at a supercross so i'll make sure yeah you anytime you want to pass by we we normally do good catering too so come grab a bite and sit down with us and you know if we're having a good day vibes will be high if we're having a bad day vibes will be vibes i don't know it depends <laughs> on, on what's going on but well, we try to make the best out of every situation, even if we have bad days, right? And we try to, to grow from it and be better. That's awesome. I love it, man. Thanks for the uh, the time today. I I didn't want to keep you too long, but I definitely wanted to get um, get your story and, and why you do this and just kind of give people an insight of your program and what's, what's to come. So thanks for your time, and um, we'll see you at the race soon. Yeah, see, uh, hopefully we, we get to meet soon, so we will. thanks I'm, for the call. I'm definitely going to make it a point to come over and, and, and show you who I am in person, so I will make it. I'll, it'll be an East Coast race, but I'll make it and I'll be there, so yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll be waiting. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Julian. I appreciate it. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Shout out to Julian for being a really good interview. I'm going to go over, I haven't met him yet, obviously, but I'm going to go over there the next race and just introduce myself and hang out, see what's going on. Maybe me and Cade can squash some beef over there. I didn't want to bring up Cade beef to Julian because I didn't want him to yell at Cade because, you know, we need to leave Cade alone a little bit. We need to mend that relationship. But Cade, if you're listening, and I know you are because you love me, I'm going to come over to your tent, bro, and you can't avoid me. We're going to mend this relationship, bro. Hashtag Cade Beef. Good job, Julian, for for, uh, making a really cool team to be on in the pits and uh, creating a good atmosphere for your riders, supporting them in everything they do. You know, there's a... You have a passion for this, and it's clear to see. So good job. Up next, my buddy Dustin Pipes. On the phone with me, I have... Someone to go way back with. He's uh, one of my good buddies in the sport. He is the owner and pretty much everything guy at HEP Motorsports and Pipes Motorsports Group. It's uh, Dustin Pipes. Pipes, how are you, my man? Hey, what's going on, Troy? Good, good. What's going on, Troy? I was catching up with you. It's uh, I, I got a podcast. Can you believe it? Um, I, I mean... Kinda. I mean, you're doing like vlogs and stuff like that, so I feel like a podcast is probably like the natural, you know, next thing in line. I feel like everybody has one now, so if you don't have one, you're kind of missing out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When are you guys making one? We are not, so we're going to miss out. <laughs> we're going to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm honestly shocked that you made time for me to do this because you're not really a fan of... Uh, well, I mean, you'll do it, but you're not really a fan of, like, phone interviews. Yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just something that I'm not too keen on. I, I, I guess you caught me on a good day or something, or you're just, uh, you're just one of the guys I like. So, yeah. Nice. I love to hear it. So, yeah, just kind of a mixed bag of, of like, questions that I, I've talked to you about, maybe, but there's some other stuff that I feel yeah. has slipped through the cracks that I, I want to know, so... Let's just, uh, let's kind of start back to the beginning a little bit. 
your transition from from racing to team manager how did the whole thing come together uh, and the opportunity with the team i know you raced the first year and managed um but like how did the team even idea come about mm-hmm. um well i think it came about kind of weirdly i was doing a uh suzuki 450 launch intro for pulpamex at JGR when they had it there that one year. I don't remember the exact year. Um, and at the time, RCH was going out. Um, and I was sitting at a table with Chris Wheeler and Kerry Graber, who uh, pretty much run the motorcycle side of the manufacturer. And um, I just kind of floated it out there half-jokingly, like, hey, um, what happens if we start a team? Um Ronnie Stewart had a team at that time, and that's kind of what I was thinking more along those lines, like keep it small. And, um, yeah, maybe they were thinking I was joking or something, but they said, yeah, we'll support it. And, um, you know, a couple weeks later, some things fell in line. Uh, talked to my dad about it, talked to Billy about it, a couple people, and just um, that's kind of how it happened, just uh, out of the blue. And then I called back, you know, Chris and Carrie and said, hey, we're going to do this thing. And, um, yeah, they had to, uh, work on it on their end cause we can't kind of came out of left field, but it all worked out. And here we are, you know, six years later and, um, we're with the same, same man, man, manufacturer and, uh, on the same bike brand and stuff like that. So, um, it's pretty cool how it started and it's been, uh, you know, somewhat successful so far. Yeah. And you were, uh, privateer for a long time i mean you did you were on suzuki i don't know when when i met you you were on suzuki's and you're still here you are with the brand when you decided to jump in this and then you you raced the first year obviously but um when did you know that you were just like ready to be finished racing and just take on this uh responsibility well probably the year that i started the team so probably you know, um, I was pretty much done when I had that convo. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not very good anymore. I'm going to school. I'm doing all these uh, other things. And then I decided to start the team and it just, it just kind of, um, elongated it one more year. And, you know, it was tough cause I really, my heart wasn't in it. And I was doing the team probably nine, 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 90 per, per cent of the, the uh, time so i really wasn't riding or training or doing any, any anything like that the last year and just kind of going through through the motions so that was a little tough because i probably shouldn't have been out there um so it was pretty funny that i scored points and stuff like my last race and and made mains and stuff like that but you know i think uh i think going into that year i was probably done um at least mentally and then uh you know, it, it kind of went an extra year farther than it should. And then um, you're kind of looking at the team and the growth of the team and what you want to do these next few few years. And, uh, you know, you realize it's time to, you know, actually hang up the boots and, and put all your put all your eggs into this uh, runner uh, race team. So um, for us to grow and stuff, I had to I had to kind of stop riding and, you know, make sure we hired the the right guys to help to help us grow yeah and before i get into the growth which this is a big there's a few questions on here about that but 
just one last thing about your racing career. Um, looking back on it, what was your favorite memory from it? Racing? Yeah, just like what is what stands out to you looking back on it, and as a whole, just do you have like a couple of moments that stand out to you of just racing around the country for that many years? Um, probably you know the first time I scored points or the first man I made in uh, Indy. Um, I think would be the most thing because um, it, it just became easier once you did it once, right? You, you kind of make this making mains and stuff. You know, for someone like like me, that that was a really big deal, and I put so much, you know, pressure on actually doing it. Once you do it, you're like, okay, this is actually not as tough as it should be. So um, I, I I think just doing that my first time and then seeing um, that I was capable of doing it a a again would be the main thing. I was there that night. It was a special night. Yep. Yep. A lot of good things happen in Indy, if you don't realize that. Um, I, I just want to, like, okay, so this year, let's talk about the team again. You literally have put in everything you have into this. You have two semis now. You hired Ken Rocks, and you got Larry Brooks. You got Chiz doing the the bike um, testing and, and racing as well. Um, mm-hmm. You're racing... Supercross, motocross, world supercross. You're the only team that races every series. Uh, so, well, I think club does it too. That's a good point. I've been doing, yeah, yeah, I've been saying that a lot, but yeah, you're right. But, but still, one of the two. You're all in. Um, going into yep. this year, you know, you're a young team still, relatively young. So, how did you know you were mm-hmm. ready for, uh, you know, a guy like Roxon to come over, and then, um, you know, just the talk about growth like this is how did you know you were ready for for roxon well you don't really know you're ready to be honest with you until you go out and do it i know we were we weren't really planning on it and um you know larry came a couple other guys came and we were just trying to take the next step and um yeah um the way things shook out with ken it worked really really well he liked the bike he liked the team and it just seemed like a really good fit so um, you know, you never really know you're ready for a guy like that. Obviously, Ken is a elite athlete and, you know, one of a very few amount of guys that can go out and win on any weekend. So, um, yeah, it's definitely a big step to make. Um, and we're still making that step and we're still getting better to provide him a better platform. So, um, yeah, you just, you just kind of got to gamble and you just kind of got to go with your gut. Right. And, um, I think both of us did that, the team and Ken, and it, and it worked out pretty well this year. I know we have, uh, you know, we have some sights set on Char- on a Char- Charlotte in the last three playoffs, and you know the year's not done, but you know we're hoping to continue to build and kind of start peaking around this time. So, um, yeah, I I, I think uh, you know the s- simple answer is. You know, you don't know if you're ready, but at the same point, you don't want to stay where you're at. So you got to take those risks. And, and that's something that we were willing to uh, take. Yeah. And you also have added a semi and also Larry Brooks, just, just uh, a lot of moving parts for you guys um, and a lot of logistics to get through. Um, I know you had last year with World Supercross as well, but 
um, with the first round done and dusted and, and just with uh, motocross going on as well, has this, has it been pretty smoothly doing all these series or um, is, do you find yourself having headaches every now and then? Um, no, I think as long as you put the right people in place, you know, things run rather smooth. I mean, you know, on the outside, everything looks perfect for every team, but there's obviously, you know, different issues that you have to go through that I'm sure each team does. So it's not all, all, always all that smooth, but you know, that just comes with it being a business and, um, yeah, those are just the ebbs and flows. So, um, yeah, for us, it's, 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 it's been a new, it's been a new mission, but you know, it's something that we prepared for. Right. And having Larry, what's that been like working with him so far? Um, what is he, what have you learned some things from him as well? Yeah, I just think it's a good mesh. Um, Larry is, you know, very, very meticulous and involved in the bike setup and the riders and stuff like that. So, you know, that's his main focus. Um, it's kind of the day to day and stuff like that to where I'm more big picture and, you know, doing the partnerships and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, Larry's been, been great. He will absolutely, you know, kill himself to find a second on the racetrack. And, you know, when you're racing at this level and, um, you know, the gains you make are so small, you know what I mean? You have to search for them. Um, it's something that you need, you need that mindset. And I think it's, um, I think it's transitioned over to uh, to the rest of the team. So that's been pretty neat to see, just bringing that level, uh, um, you know, that 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 we need to compete for race wins and compete for podiums. Yeah, no, it's definitely, he brings a, a winning lifestyle. If you look through history, he's just, success happens where he's at. So, I mean... And obviously when you sign Roxon and, and you work hard like you guys do, you know you're going to get podiums and wins. Um, so kind of, we talked that night at Indy, obviously, because we did a vlog with you there. Um, now that yep. now you look back on your first win as a team, um, mm-hmm. just kind of go through the feelings when, when you look back on it now. Obviously you have bigger, bigger fish to fry coming up and you have bigger goals, but getting that first one out of the way was special. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, um, man, you don't think it's ever going to come, right? So, yeah. you know, just to do it your first time is, is, is just a big deal. So I totally didn't think that the first team win was was at the same place that I made my first main too. So that's, that's pretty neat. Um, <clears throat> but, <clears throat> you know, for us, it's, it's um, man, we, we had that win. And then, you know, the Sunday after – you know, we went to work, right. And the guys got the bikes ready and stuff like that. And they prepped for the next weekend. So, you know, as great as the race win was, you know, it, it just makes us want to feel that feeling a, a, uh, a again. And, and it's not something that, you know, we can ever plan for, but we're just gonna do our best to make it happen. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, the first one was great. That night was, was awesome all the press and stuff that we got for for from it but you know i think it just just made everybody on the race team want to get it again and i'm always curious um you know you're very hands-on as an owner um 
you wear lots of hats. Um, you have your dad, you have a lot of silent partners in this mix as well. Um, when Larry came on, how did you decide what, like you took on a lot of workload too, with adding world supercross as well and the semi and other riders. So mm-hmm. how do you decide what to give him and how, like, how did you split up the workload between everybody? I mean, that's kind of up to Larry. Okay. So he's, he's, he's kind of the guy that doles that all out. So, um, yeah, that would be, that would be more of a question for, for, for him. We definitely meet, meet about things and figure out which, which staff are going where and stuff like that. But, um, that's, that's ultimately his decision. So I guess the the question for you is, did it make your life easier in the long run, you think, hiring, hiring him? Um, I mean, yes and no, because it's a little different, like, role for me now, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't have, um, that much in influence or, uh, impact on, like, the riders and stuff like that. So, um, and, and, and that's just in terms of, like, on, on race day and stuff like that. So that took some, uh, getting used to. But I think, you know, for us to grow, that's what was needed. Larry's obviously, you know, a better mind and, in in uh that than than uh me so you know i think in terms of what the team needs and how it works and how it functions he was definitely needed and and in that aspect he's he has definitely taken uh taken some weight off of my shoulders Uh, yeah and like with also just on on the chiz thing again just doing the the bike testing and you know him he'll stay at the track until it's like it's midnight and he'll just get another moto in so having him on board how has that helped bike development and just finding that extra, I don't know, like you said, second a lap or, you know, just tweaking the bike to make sure you have the best bike possible on race day. Yeah. I think it's just good to have someone there that knows what they're feeling and knows how to, um, relay those thoughts to, you know, people on the team. And that's something that Chiz does really, really well. He's very, sensitive to bike changes um so just being able to feel those changes know what the bike does and set and separate you know how those changes feel to you and how those changes would feel to another rider like ken or like shane or like freddie that are on the team right now so Mm -hmm. it's like um kyle does a really good job of knowing what the other riders would want when he's testing and being able to relay that 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 info to to the team so we can make a better decision it's it's perfect for him too because he's able to race whenever he wants to he can just jump in and do some outdoors if he wants and he's obviously in the super motocross points so that's uh yeah it just kind of all works out it's it's you guys have very methodically thought all this out and it's just awesome to watch just how fast you guys have grown and i just kind of wanted to paint a picture of that just because it's it's a lot of long hours and that no one sees. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Chiz definitely wasn't supposed to race this many nationals. Obviously, Marshall Welton got hurt. Right. And you know, having Chiz there, he he would race. You know, on a Tuesday if he if he absolutely had to. So, you know, that guy's just down to moto. So um, having him on the team and he can kind of fill that spot when it was needed was was uh, good because he also wants to be out there. So. Um, yeah, Chiz is an all around good, good, uh, guy and we're, we're uh, glad to have him on, on, on the team. What's cool to me is, uh, 
I don't know, this kind of gets me in the feel sometimes, just seeing you and your dad, and then Chiz has his dad at the race. It's like, that's so rare in this sport, just to have your dad there going to the races that long. And it kind of like, it's just so cool. Like, that's why I kind of enjoy coming over. Obviously, I love coming over your tent because you always take care of me, but it's just, you know, father and son, just getting to bond at the races. Yeah. Um, I, I Honestly, I think my dad's gone to more races this year than me because I've missed, I think, five or six of them. So, yeah, he's he's a uh, – I mean, my dad rode, you know, before I was born. He ran races. You know, he did, he did it all. So he's very, very ingrained in moto and, and kind of that's his life. So um, I couldn't – even think of a time when you know i was at the track and he wasn't there so yeah it's it's uh pretty great to have him there i'm gonna come clean here because this is good good for the audio here but um your dad scares me he does yeah no i mean he scares me too he scares (laughs) a lot of people so it's kind of how it goes well like okay so i do all these you know you you're very kind and let me do what i need to do over there with vlogging and what whatever weird idea i have you're always like yeah no problem I'm scared one time he's going to look at me and say, get out of here. No, no, he'd never do that. No, I mean, I just like, that's the, he's very nice. And like, even seeing him celebrate with the, the winning trophy that night at Indy, I'm like, this man loves dirt bikes. So I, I just, uh, yeah, just thought I'd throw that out in the universe while we're talking. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, he definitely looks mean and, uh, yeah, he can be a hard ass, but, um, no, no, he's not he like wouldn't kick in anybody out of the pits or anything like that. He's not, he's not that type of guy. I've learned that. Yeah. Even, you know, yep. me, me with, uh, Welton and, you know, at Indy and just, just stuff, you know, we, we get in some weird stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. So before I let you go here, I do want to go back in the day one more time. We go back a long time and I don't know if you remember how we met. I was telling Yoder about this, um, a couple weeks ago on this, this uh this podcast but do you remember at all your first memories of me i just remember meeting you at oak hill you know that's it just like oh some weird kid and he he might be 14 but that's it no i don't think there's anything like like that i remember uh i remember they had a they had a dance there and i remember you being there and i think we met before that and uh, I think we we're all hanging out there at some table. That's that's what I remember. I didn't even remember the dance. I do now. Yeah, that that what a strange <laughs> what a strange time. Yeah, the dance. Nobody yeah. was dancing though. Uh, yeah. It's an amateur national. It's a bunch of awkward kids. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, doesn't surprise me. Okay, well, I just remember you, and I like to tell a story a lot, and you're probably tired of hearing it, but you saved my life that week, and I that's I'm forever, I forever owe you for that. So, thank you. Good deal. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, Jesse Nelson's mom saved me, but you helped. Yeah, yeah, no, she's she she's pretty badass. So, yeah, she had she had a rotisserie chicken going, and like baking a cake. You remember that? Yeah. That's insane. I, I don't remember that, but it doesn't surprise me. She always had something good in their little fun mover, so they had it going. Like, what a lifestyle. But anyway, mm-hmm. 
I just wanted to just yeah. touch base on that. Like uh, Yoder was very impressed with you. He said that you wouldn't probably remember, but I told him you would. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in his face a little bit because I am. I don't know if you know this, but I'm supporting him for World Supercross. So. No, I didn't know that. What does supporting him mean? What do you mean? He's part of the squad. Is he getting paid? Uh, that's between me and him. Uh, well, supporting means being paid, right? That, yeah, but I can't disclose like our deal. I just do you figured... have a contract with him? Yeah, it's a written agreement, bro. Okay, well, that's good. You don't... I like it. You're not aware of what I do, and that's okay because you're so busy, but yes... And Derek Kelly's on the same program. You had him last year at World Supercross, so it's kind of the same yep. thing. But I'm supporting your guys, giving them exposure. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm kind of like Good a deal. team manager myself over here. <laughs> Sick. Giving them more exposure, you know? Yeah. But uh, Yeah, I like it. Anyway, thanks for uh, always being a pal. Thanks for taking care of me at the races and being down for my weird ideas and just uh being there for me it's it's uh it's cool i really enjoy coming over to your your team and you know hanging out with you guys so appreciate it yeah what's what's the uh, next uh race iron man be at iron man what'd you say okay be, cool yeah well i will see you there yeah you you definitely will i'll probably be over i think me and norn are supposed to do something so we'll uh do more antics awesome. Yeah, I know you can't wait. <laughs> cool. I mean, it works for me. <laughs> I like Freddy. Dude, but me too. He's the nicest guy I've ever met, I think. Like, seriously. Yeah, yeah. He asked me yeah, how... he's a good dude. He's a, uh, he's a joy to have on, on, on the team, and, and that's something that we try and do is, you know, you know, work with people that we want to be there with on the weekend, so... Freddy's definitely one of those guys, so I'm glad, I'm glad you're doing some stuff with him and showing him some love. Yeah, man. He he actually like when we'll do an interview and he'll be like, "How are you, man? Like, how is your life?" And it's like, "Wow, you really care." Like, and he's just so genuine. Like, it's awesome. So he's a good dude. But um, thanks for the time, man. And uh, we'll see you at Iron Man. Sounds good. See you, Troy. All right. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye. See, it doesn't get any better than pipes. The pipes family. Everybody in there. Everyone at HEP. They're my family, you know, after all these years of going over there, they let me do whatever I want. They let Ginger Dog come in the tent and just like, just hang out. I mean, why wouldn't you let her hang out? You know, she's rad, but just whatever we need. They got Twisted Tees on deck all day. There's nothing better than Hep Motorsports. Oh, and shout out. For no reason at all, just because he's really awesome. Chase Lenneman over there. He's their media guy. And my goodness, he's one of the best in the business. You need something? He's like, I got you, bro. And he'll send it over. Great guy. Chase is awesome. And he actually filmed the vlog from uh, Indy. That was him. Good job, Chase. Thanks for everything, bro. All right, that'll, uh, that'll wrap up the interviews this week. I want to uh, thank Dustin Pipes. And Julian Perrier for coming on. You guys are crushing it. And I think everyone appreciates your insight and what you do for the sport. That'll do it for another episode of the Squad Pod. I want to thank all of you for listening. These uh, shows are growing. And I really appreciate all the love. And they're getting better, I think. I think we're we're getting somewhere with this podcasting gig.
might be able to just do this full time and stop riding. I'm just kidding. Seriously though, all I need all the clicks. Like click on everything verbmoto.com, read all my stuff, read Slaw stuff, even though it's like not as good as my stuff. You know, just everything we put out there, just get in there and read it. We love it. Thanks for supporting us. If you're at a shred tour, come by and say hey, buy some merch. Just everything that Vermoto does, get involved and let's let's have fun. This is great. But I want to thank Julian Perrier for being on this week. I want to thank Dustin Pipes for coming on. I want to thank my kids, as always, Bub Dog and Duke Dog. Thanks to Ginger Dog. Uh, thanks to Bird Dog. Special thanks to Bird Dog this week. No thanks to Slaw Dog. Thanks to Chili Dog. And uh, I'm out. See you next week.